been talking about forgiveness. I started last week. I didn't get very far, so we'll pick it up today, and I'll, I'll see what I can do to get through this. Just review really quickly where, what we kind of covered last time before we start again today. But we looked at the crucifixion of Jesus and how uh, he was obviously beaten, tortured, humiliated, and then ultimately put to death. And as he's dying, after all of this uh, horrendous abuse... His, his kind of final act, you know, I mean, you can go down in flames, you can go down defiant, whatever. His final act, Jesus says, he prays to, to, to his Father in heaven and says, forgive him for they don't know what they're doing. The last thing he did after all of that was to forgive the very people who, who were doing those things to him at that moment. And, and, and so we talked about the reality that forgiveness is really unilateral, meaning it doesn't require anything on behalf of the recipient. It really comes from God towards us. It's, it, it's one direction. And, it, and it's, it's uh, also unconditional in that we don't have to do anything to receive that. And now that may say, you might be saying, hey, wait a minute, what is that? Hold on. But we'll get to that in a minute. But, but the forgiveness of Jesus is unilateral and unconditional. And uh, on the note of forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, I just wanted to share. I had an interesting conversation this week with someone who will remain nameless to protect the innocent. But uh, this person told me, hey, I really had a revelation. I had an epiphany, kind of an aha moment as you were teaching last week, that forgive them for they don't know what they're doing thing. He goes, I've heard that a hundred times before. But I just realized this week driving on the freeway sometimes, that's a great prayer. Just forgive them. They don't know what they're doing because people do things. And I, I thought, man, that's I need that. I'm going to remember that when I'm driving. Just they don't know what they're doing. Let them go. So it's all about practical application here, folks, where, where, where we live, right? Um, I shared with you, and, I, and I, those of you that are so inclined, and if you're not inclined, maybe if you want to learn how, talk to me later. I'd be glad to show you some tools to use. Uh, to do, do your own study, but there are actually two Greek words uh, translated, both translated as forgive in English, in our Bible. So when we read those, th- we read the same word, but, but we, we're not aware that it was actually two different words. And while they both technically mean the same thing, there's a little different connotation to them. Uh, and the, the first is what we've been talking about, what Jesus did on the cross, his forgiveness towards us in being unconditional. And then the second is a little bit different than that. The second connotation, and, and if you remember last week, I used the illustration of borrowing money. If I borrow money from somebody and then I don't have the ability to pay that money back, even though I really owe it to them, and they know I can't pay back, and they just go, hey, look, don't worry about it. You're done. You don't have to pay. It's, you're off the hook. Uh, that, that's the first connotation. The second connotation, it has to do more with the reconciliation or the restoration of that relationship between those two parties. So in this case, it's still releasing, forgiveness is still releasing from a debt, but you real, there's a recognition that the, the sin or the debt has put an obstacle between the two parties. And so forgiveness basically removes the obstacle so the, re, the, the relationship can be restored. And, and, and that's where we, we talk about uh, the need for confession of our sin or repentance uh, or asking forgiveness before we receive it. Okay, you see the difference between the two? So if you took my 
money borrowing illustration. So this time I, you know, I borrow money and I can't pay back. But I go to the person and I say, hey, look, I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, I, I just don't have the money to pay you back. And so I ask for forgiveness and I confess and I, and I apologize. And then they forgive me. And we see this in Scripture as well. Uh, here in Luke, Jesus is teaching. He says, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. So there it's conditional. It's conditional. If they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. So there's, again, here we still see the, the responsibility to forgive lies on the person that needs to do the forgiveness, but they're to forgive when that person comes and repents. Um, I do want to give you an illustration of the first dynamic, forgiving without repentance or confession uh, from person to person to show you that while this is not only the, uh, what Jesus has done for us, it's also the pattern he establishes for us in forgiveness. And if I'm not making sense, I'll de- I'll, it'll all become clear in a minute. But in the book of Acts, uh, we see a young Christian named Stephen, really sweet young guy, uh, just a beautiful, precious spirit. And Stephen is being stoned to death. For his faith, really for sharing his faith. That's all he did. He didn't commit any heinous crimes. He's sharing his faith. Uh, he's arrested and, and, and he's being stoned to death. And what we see happening is very reminiscent of Jesus. As Stephen's dying, it says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Very similar to Jesus. And when he said this, he fell asleep and fell asleep is euphemism for he he actually died so here in stephen's life we see that kind of unilateral unconditional forgiveness clearly the people that were stoning stephen were not repentant they weren't asking his forgiveness they weren't saying hey stephen i'm sorry and then throwing another rock at him uh they they were in the midst of putting him to death and he forgives them so here's where we'll try to make sense out of all this what's the big deal why does why does that matter this is why i think it matters and I think this is important. I think this is an important message for us right now. If we don't see the distinction between those two things, I think what can happen, and, this, and I've seen this happen, I've felt it, we begin to see all forgiveness as being conditional. And that has a couple of different dynamics that have impact on us. The first, of course, is that if it's conditional in my life, then... I'm only, uh, I, I don't, I'm not always, I'm only as forgiven as my last sinless moment, right? If I don't confess and repent every sin, every time I commit one, then I'm not forgiven of that last one. And I got to remember to do that or, I, you know, and, and that's is sort of, when we were, some of us were younger, some of us that are now older were younger, uh, there, there was sort of a teaching out there like that, that, you know, if you, if you sin and then you die, you're not, you haven't confessed of that, you're in a lot of trouble. That's a bad thing. Um, that kind of makes you crazy. That's a little bit wild. The second dynamic, of course, is that it has an impact on our relationships with one another. If, if someone doesn't repent or confess or ask for forgiveness, we don't forgive them. And, and that, that, so that block in the relationship stays there. So... This is destructive on a couple of levels, I think. In the first, like I said, it, it, it's insane. It's crazy to have to think that I, 
if I don't confess of every sin I commit, that until I do, I'm unforgiven for that sin. Where does that leave me? And, and the bigger question is, what, 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 how does that paint, what picture of God do we see in that? Is God this sort of cosmic bean counter? Is, 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 is he this, you know, uh, neurotic sort of finger pointing uh, accountant on demonic steroids? What, is he just, I, I see you. Oh, you, you missed one. You forgot one. What, you know, on June 12th, 2015, you lied to your boss about why you didn't come to work that day and you have never confessed of that sin. Is God really up there doing that to us? Um, I, I don't think he is. I don't think he is, but it, it, it makes my head hurt to think about that. And, and I would say this, that's not what Jesus established for us. I mean, again, it's just so powerful. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. Even in the lack of recognition of their own sin, lack of awareness of their own sin, Jesus extended forgiveness. The second way this is destructive, and this is really my point, if you remember the kind of launching point for this message, was talking about our relationships with one another. And, and how do we grow as community? How do we learn to be community? How do we learn to really uh, have reconciled and healthy relationships with one another? And I think this is a big part of that. If, if I hold on to this idea that Anyone who's ever sinned against me owes me. And until that person comes and begs forgiveness and says they're sorry uh, and repents, I don't forgive them. Here's what happens when you do that. Is that you invite that offender and that offense into your soul. And they'll always be there. And they'll, they'll live with you everywhere you ever go. And it's horrible. It's horrible. There are times in our lives when someone hurts us and, and then they're out of our lives. And they're gone. And they never come back. And if we choose not to forgive them because they haven't sought our forgiveness, we lock them into our heart. And I'm telling you, it'll eat away at you. It's horrible. I, I've known people... This is one example. There are many, and probably less dramatic. But I've known people who were abused as children by an older person. And then at some point in their lifetime, you know, as they grew up, that older person died. And they never repented. They never confessed. They never said they were sorry. They never turned away. from. They kept right on going where they were going. But now they died. And so that person wasn't able to forgive them because they never said they were sorry. And they just locked that thing into their heart. And I'm telling you, it's, it's a tragedy in the life of a believer. There is a, I tell you, there is a demonic deception in unforgiveness. Because sometimes it makes you feel empowered. Like I have the upper hand. I'm in control. And I'm not going to forgive you until you get on your knees and you grovel and you ask for it. And, and, and you think you're sticking it to them. But you're the one that's really paying the price. Somebody said, 
Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. And I just tell you, that ain't going to work. Look at Ephesians uh, chapter 4 for a minute. This is, this is good. Paul says, in your anger, do not sin. Can I point out something here? Um, in your anger, do not sin. So anger is not a sin. Did you know that? Did you know anger is a natural human response? It's, in, it's created by God in you and I. There's times in our life when it's, it's natural and normal and probably good and right to feel angry. Somebody does something. There's certain things that just make me angry. Anybody else? Um, what's a sin? A sin is hanging on to that anger and not ever letting go of it. That's the sin. Paul says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. Uh, Some people take that literally, don't let the sun go down. You know, do it before you go to bed at night. That's a good thing. I don't know if he means it literally or not. What I know he means is this, do it as quickly as you possibly can. Get that out of your life because if you don't, here's what happens. The devil will get a foothold in your life. And let me tell you, the devil is the biggest vacuum cleaner salesman on the planet, man. He gets his foot in the door, and let me tell you, he's getting in. And you don't want that. We don't want that in our life because he really will. He'll begin to just tear and shred at things and shred at things and shred at things and break you down. Um, let me say this. You know, that doesn't mean that relationships will always be restored. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes reconciliation just can't happen. Let me say this. That's what we hope for. In any broken relationship, we hope for restoration. We hope for reconciliation. That's the highest and best. That's one of our core values in the vineyard. That's something that we really, really strive for. But we recognize sometimes that just won't happen. And I want to say this. Forgiveness is not contingent upon a relationship being restored. Now, relationship being restored is contingent upon forgiveness, very likely. But the other way around is not necessarily true. And and I want to say this, too. We forgive not because it's good for our soul, even though it is. It's, It's good for our soul. But we don't forgive because it's good for our soul. Why do we forgive? Because that's what God did for us. Because that's what he did for us. He, he is our example in life. And Jesus said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They lowered a guy through the roof. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. A prostitute came and washed his feet and rubbed her tears on his feet. And he said, forgive her. You know, forget, your sins are forgiven. Paul says it in both Ephesians and Colossians. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as in Christ, God forgive you. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, how do you forgive? As the Lord forgave you. Jesus forgave unconditionally and unilaterally. And that's what we're to do. And you know what else I'm going to say? I'm really going to tweak your little theological minds this morning. Amen? It's It's unilateral, it's unconditional, it's universal. God's forgiveness is good for everybody. You know that? I love John. 
He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, the sins of the whole world. People we don't like, people that believe differently than us, people that live in different places, people that do things we don't like them to do. God's forgiven them all. Does that mean they'll all be reconciled to God? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, it, It does mean this, though, that their sin is no longer the issue that separates them from God. God says your sins are forgiven. The issue is our will. Are, are we willing to accept and receive that forgiveness and let it have the transformational power in our lives that it can have, or are we not? The reality is you've been forgiven. That's why I can say you've been forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. If, you, if, you've, if you lied, you're forgiven. If you slandered and said bad things about other people, you know what, you're forgiven. If you've stolen from your boss or from somewhere else, you know what, you're forgiven. If you had, you had an abortion, you're forgiven. You've been angry to the point maybe you've abused somebody else. You're forgiven. I don't care if you've killed somebody. You're forgiven. Now you may... There's consequences to our sin, and you may have a debt to pay society. I can't change that, but I can tell you you don't have a debt to pay God. He says you're forgiven. The devil will tell you that you're not. The devil will say that your sin is so bad that God can't really forgive you. Anybody ever thought that? Let's just take a little survey. I'm sure God's forgiveness is amazing and it's huge and it's big, but God, I am a real scumbag. Anybody really knew what I did? Anybody ever think that or am I the only one? You're forgiven. The devil will tell you, hey, Here's the deal. This is the best you're going to get. You limp through life, and you know what? Maybe you can sneak through a side door of heaven when nobody's looking. Devil's a liar. Devil's a liar. Jesus says you can walk in forgiveness right now, today. Jesus says you can walk in the freedom that comes with that. You can walk in your true identity as a child of God. You are a precious son, a precious daughter of God. You've been forgiven, and you can walk in the abundant life that comes with that that I have for you right here today now. Amen? Does that give us a license to sin? No, I'm not saying that. I want you to understand. That doesn't give us a license to sin. Um, does it mean that God doesn't care about our behavior? No. He's, he, I think Scripture is fairly clear that God cares about how we behave. Um, but here's, here's the thing. This is the thing. God, God doesn't care about our behavior because we owe Him something to get His forgiveness. He cares about our behavior because He loves us and He's grieved when He sees behavior in our life that's destructive. He doesn't want us to live in those destructive patterns that harm ourselves or harm others. He says, I want you to be free from that. And so that's why He says you're forgiven. The obstacle is not your sin. The obstacle is your will and your ability just to receive that. Now, what I would say to you is this. If you're in a place where you're not reconciled with God and you know that there is an obstacle or a block in that relationship between you and Him, I would encourage you to do everything you can to remove it. It's not helping you. I would encourage you to really pray and understand that God has forgiven you and to receive that forgiveness and to take it into your heart 
and to begin to walk in it and walk as though you've been forgiven, not walk as though you're on the way, you know, dead man walking, you're, you're on the way out. I would encourage you to do that. But to begin that process, you have to know you're forgiven. You have to know you're forgiven. And, 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 and we are forgiven. You are forgiven in the name of Jesus today. And, and that becomes a foundational principle for our relationships with one another, that we can release one another. We can release those people in our past. We can release those people that are no longer in our lives from the sins they've committed to us. And we can, we can, in the name of Jesus, choose to forgive them as he forgave us. All right, why don't we stand?